Hello, welcome back to podcast number two. We have come so far. We've made it to our second podcast. I am so excited that we are able to move on to the number two podcast. Woohoo. And happy new year to everyone out there listening. We know a few people listened because we got some great feedback from our first podcast. So we're at it again. Happy New Year. I hope you had a great holiday and break to everybody. January 2019. Woohoo. And we also want to say a big happy birthday to Ms. Mullen. Yay! It's Yay. my birthday. We're not going to sing to her on the podcast because we already did that in the office and embarrassed her thoroughly. And I don't think anyone would listen anymore if they heard us <laughs> sing. So not one of our great best talents. But apparently you weren't that mad because you're sitting here doing a podcast with Absolutely. me. So. Yeah, absolutely. So we are happy to have you back. Uh, the theme of our podcast today is personalized learning, which is a very big instructional initiative that we have going on at Tolbert. And we've come really far um, with it in two years. And it's just another way that we're really revolutionizing our instruction here and we're moving our classrooms into the 21st century. And we're super excited. We actually have two students and two teachers who are going to be on with us today talking all about our journey as a personalized learning school. Um, but before we get into that, we thought since we had such a wonderful holiday December season at Tolbert that we would share some kudoses and share all the wonderful things that happened in the last month at Tolbert that really benefited our staff and students and community. So. You want to start it off, Ms. Mullen? Absolutely. We had a busy month in December. It was kicked off with Inclusive Schools Week. And we wanted just to give a big shout out to Suzanne Whitehouse, one of our special education teachers. She is wonderful and always going above and beyond. She created some videos, as you know, if you've been talking to any of our students, that we have um, begun morning meeting this year. And it's a big part of our social thinking um, curriculum. And Suzanne created videos um, highlighting just different types of disabilities and helping kids to understand the disabilities and how to be more inclusive. So that prompted just some amazing conversations from what I understand. We got some really good feedback from kids and um, from their teachers. Yeah, and also their parents too. Quite a few stopped in and said, you know, this is the first time that my son or, or my daughter has been able to talk about their sibling or about Absolutely. relatives. And it was so powerful for them to come home and say, you know, I finally understand what autism is. And, or, and I finally understand what dyslexia is and to be able to start having those conversations is pretty cool. So, yeah, absolutely. So thanks again, Mrs. Whitehouse. Um, and Mr. Landis's class in what has become a little bit of a holiday tradition at Tolbert, um, Mr. Landis teaches our program for students with autism in grades three through five and they had a holiday sale and our staff and community had the chance to go down into the classroom and buy a variety of incredible holiday items that were handmade by a lot of his students. I'm actually looking around my office and I love the holidays so much I haven't taken anything down yet, but um, I have a wooden statue here in the shape of a snowman that they made. I have another wooden Santa Claus that was made out of a like a little mini tree trunk. And it's so cool to see all of the thought and um, and caring that went into the projects that the students yeah. worked on. Yeah, I so. think I need a bigger closet. Yeah. I've I, got a reindeer, a snowman, a snowflake. I probably yeah. have about 15 things yeah. every time I walk down there. It was really cool. So Mr. Landis and uh, Mrs. Amazigo and Mr. Leo and also the students in that classroom. Way to go. We loved it. Um, we also had our cultural fair. And our cultural fair has been a tradition at Tolbert I, as long as I can remember. And the cultural fair team switched up the format this year to um, reflect our personalized learning initiative, which is really exciting. Um, 
Miss Mooney is our guidance counselor, and she has been, you know, doing the cultural fair for years. And she's one of those people who just works so hard behind the scenes, and really nobody knows how hard she works. But she was up late many, many nights trying to help get this event together. And she was supported this year by our fabulous EL team. We've got just the best EL teachers around, I think. Um, we have Mrs. Beck, Mrs. Dijello, Mrs. Chua, and Mrs. Hall. And they helped um, Mrs. Mooney and the students get ready for the cultural fair. But it was different this year because it wasn't a bunch of parents coming in and sharing about their cultures, but it was the students. And so the students got to, cho- you know, they got to volunteer they chose their format. They chose what they wanted to share and how to share it. And so it was just really powerful seeing the kids actually, you know, talking about their own cultures and seeing how proud they were. And I learned a lot about my own culture, in fact, yeah. from our students. So that was kind of exciting. That's cool. And I loved the organization and that every room where there were presentations was a different continent. That was fun. Was like I felt like I was walking into Africa. You would walk in and the students were dressed up in... Um, you know, traditional dress from every different continent, and you can learn about so many different countries that I would love to be able to visit someday, but to hear their personal stories and their family stories was pretty cool. We have a really great community. It it was nice to hear about all the different cultures we have in our own Colbert community. And speaking of traditions, uh, shout out to the third grade. They completed their annual snowman factory, which is a huge project that they do where the community is actually involved. And it's so neat to see. They, the third graders all run through a project where the, the resulting product is a snowman that's made out of a sock that's delivered to some nursing homes around the Leesburg area. But it's, it's completely run by students. The students um, start out by interviewing for leadership positions on an assembly line in each classroom. They come to school all dressed up in their suits and their dresses. They sit outside with their teachers and they have really authentic lifelike job interviews. And then once they have their assigned roles, they really um, put their leadership skills into action um, on an assembly line in the classroom to create these snowmen. So it's so neat not only to see the products, but also how they get there because it's really just student led. And then to see the students delivering um, those um, products, those little snowmen that they make to folks in the community and really brightening their holiday season is pretty neat. So shout out to the whole third grade team, Mrs. Fresina, Mr. Finnerty, Mr. Saunders, Mrs. Erickson, Mrs. Brzezinski, Mrs. Matira, Mrs. Hall, Mrs. Garson, and Mrs. Sullivan. I think hopefully I got the hopefully whole third got grade them all. staff there, but a total team effort and it went really well again. Yeah, that's a little known fact is I used to be a third grade teacher here and we did the snow back, snowman factory back then. And it's just it's been amazing how it's evolved into um, such a great project. Now the students, they all write individual letters that they deliver to the people in yeah. the nursing homes. And, you know, every time I read the letters, it makes me cry a little bit. I mean, the kids are so nice and um, it's so well received from our community. So it's really exciting to see what it's turned into. And again, I think that it's evolved well, both with our um, One to the World and Loud in 2020 and all those initiatives, but as well as our personalized learning has really impacted that um, program and made it better. Mm -hmm. And then there's just all the regular stuff we do here at Tolbert that was super fun in December. We had our annual sing-along. And, um, you know, if you've been to Tolbert Sing Along, you will know that yeah, Mr. D is still doing the reindeer boogie, which was a lot <laughs> of fun. Um, the staff is 
um, sang the 12 Days of Christmas, and we got to introduce the dancing skills of one of our new teachers. Mr. Uh, Finnerty is quite the Lord of Leaping. Yeah, he was quite that, the podcaster on the first show, too. So that, that a man ex- of many talents. It was exciting to see that. And our staff dresses up a lot, and in order to dress up a lot in December, um, you have to donate food. So we had a very, very generous um, donation to the Loudon Food Pantry as well. So that was exciting. And it just we keep rock, right on rocking, and we had a busy December, and we actually have a lot planned for January, too. So we thought we would take a minute and share with you all some of the things we have going on in January so you can mark your calendars. Yeah, it looks like we have a spelling bee for our fifth graders. That's on January 9th, followed that same evening by a um, cluster concert where our chorus is going to be performing at Heritage High School. On the 11th, we have Tolbert Movie Night. And by the way, that's Mr. Um, Zapadka's <laughs> birthday, or sorry, Woo-hoo. Dr. Zapadka's birthday. It is. It so is. We, like to, we like to celebrate our birthdays in January here at Tolbert. Um, we also have Family Science Night, which is a big STEM night for us on January 15th. And just a reminder that January 18th is a teacher work day, so students will not be having school that day. And that Monday is Martin Luther King Day, so again, a four-day weekend for everybody. So just in case you uh, had difficulty coming back after the holidays, you do have another break um, before we really get revved up for the year. Nice. So we list through all those December and January events, and it just reminds me what a really incredible staff and community we have here in our little Tolbert community. So thank you to everyone who makes the holidays such a great time at Tolbert, and I always love it here in December and January. We are busy, but it's a good busy. It is fun. So I think now we will start talking a little bit about our personalized learning initiative. This is something that returning parents at Tolbert have probably heard a lot about already. Um, But like I said earlier, we wanted to use this podcast to give you a little bit more information about PL and also to let you hear some student voices about how they perceive our personalized learning initiative and about um, how they see it playing out in the classroom. So I wanted to ask you, Ms. Mullen, I actually was not at Tolbert when personalized learning started. It was three years ago when the decision was made to, to be a PL school. And I understand that you were part of that decision-making process. And I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about why we thought Tolbert was a place that could embrace PL. Absolutely. Actually, when um, we were asked if we wanted to participate in the PL pilot um, three years ago. I was in your job. I was the assistant principal, and Elaine Lehman was our principal. And, you know, we were a little bit hesitant at first because Tolbert is one of those schools who's very excited about trying new things, and we just, you know, we need to be careful and make sure that we're not just trying things to try things. We wanted to make sure that it was something that would really benefit our students and that our staff could buy into and believe in. And so there was a video that was sent out, and Mrs. Lehman invited myself and some other teachers in to watch the video to find out more about what personalized learning was. And what happened was when we watched this video, we realized that we already were doing so many of the things um, for personalized learning that were mentioned in the video. We were already collecting data and using it to drive our instruction. We already had small groups in place um, doing like kind of workshop models for math and reading. Our instruction was differentiated. And so we looked at the program and we thought, you know, this is just a really great way to provide us with more resources to do what we're already doing well. Now being on the flip side of that, Um, It's kind of interesting because I can see now 
how it has helped us to grow tremendously. You know, after being a teacher in the school and now being in the office and being an administrator in the school, I have seen the teaching transformed. Classrooms do not look like they did 10 years ago. They do not look like they did five years ago. I mean, the whole way that we operate and we learn at Tolbert has completely been transformed and for the better. I mean, it's just amazing what um, kids are doing now because I think that it's really important to understand that, you know, our learners is why we're all here. And to see the students with the power and you know, driving their own learning and understanding how um, how they learn. It's just been a really exciting thing. So I'm excited to hear more about what the students are saying about it, but I know from my perspective what I've seen is just a really transformative kind of process. And I think that, uh, that should do it for our first segment here. We're excited to bring in Mrs. Oposky, our fourth grade teacher, Mrs. Dubnowski, our instructional facilitator for technology, and also a fourth and fifth grade student who we will introduce in just a minute. So thanks again for listening to our second podcast and hope you learned something about PL at Tolbert. All right, we are on to our second segment and we are sitting here with a bunch of fun folks. We have Mrs. Oposky, who is our fourth grade teacher. We have Mrs. Dubnowski, who is our instructional facilitator for technology. That's a mouthful, and I always struggle with it. And we also have a fourth grade student and a fifth grade student who we're going to be introducing in a few minutes. But we're going to start the conversation just with our teachers, and we're going to talk a little bit more about what personalized learning is and what it looks like in our classrooms at Tolbert. But we're not going to let our teachers off the hook so easily. We have a little tradition on the podcast now where they have to pull a random funny question out of a hat and they have to answer it without um, having any time to think about it. So who are we starting with? Mrs. Oposky uh, pointed immediately <laughs> to Mrs. Dubnowski, so it looks like Mrs. Dubnowski, you've, right. been, you've been voluntold. All right, here we go. I'm pulling it. It says, would you rather be completely invisible for one day or be able to fly for one day? Ooh, Ooh that's a great question. I've, That's a good one. Oh, those are two superpowers that I've always wished to have. But I'm going to go with fly for one day because then I could visit my parents. I could try to fly to Japan to visit my relatives there because it cost a million dollars to fly there if I did <laughs> it in a plane. Um, and it would make me get places faster. So I think flying would be good. Yes, and like a nice bird, you could migrate to a warmer place too since it's freezing outside. That's right. That's cool. That's what I would have picked as well. Yeah, I think so too. Does that count? No, No, it doesn't count. count. You need to go, Mrs. Opowski. Here we go. Okay, and my question is, oh, we were just talking about this. Would you rather live without the internet or live without air conditioning and heating? Mm. I am going to go with I uh, I initially thought that I could live without AC and heating, but I feel like the way of my functional day and life right now, I think I would really struggle to live completely without the internet, especially even just thinking about my responsibilities here at Tolbert. I think that would be pretty challenging to be able to go back to doing things without the internet. So I'll go with, I would live without air conditioning and heating 
so you're you, gonna have to explain oh, so, to your family so, that they're gonna wait. be very hot and very cold yes in well your home so. yeah yeah well they just have to figure that out <laughs> yeah, well get a hoodie and you get some yeah. nice summer pjs <laughs> luckily you we can, live in yeah. virginia it's you not you can order it's more not clothes all on that the extreme internet. here in virginia <laughs> nice yeah. well thanks for being good sports <clears throat> and answering those questions oh, that, that was, was that was a little fun so i was talking to ms mullen earlier in the podcast about personalized learning and why we decided to become a pl school and we'd love to hear from you two about what PL has meant to you and what it looks like at Tolbert. So I know Mrs. Aposky wanted to talk a little bit about the core four and what they are and how they feed into PL. So Yeah, so Loudoun County Public Schools defines PL as being based on the core four. And when we're talking about the core four, it's um, using flexible content and tools, which are the materials that differentiate the path, the pace, and the tasks that each student um, completes each day and then um, targeted instruction is the second, and that aligns right with each individual student's needs and goals. Then we move on to every day students are um, reflecting and showing ownership of their learning, and that's really where we're promoting that constant ongoing reflection and the ownership of exactly what they are learning. And then finally, it's about making data-driven decisions, and that's where we're always taking data, and that data informs the instructional decisions that we make and our students make every day to individualize and group our students based on what they're exactly needing. So it's really a shift away from teaching the same thing to every student, and now we're giving students a lot of voice and choice in their learning. I'm actually looking at our mission statement on our Tolbert website, which everyone can look at if they like, and it's empowering all students to be productive and respectful. Global thinkers, contributors, and citizens. And when you hear contributing uh, and being a good citizen, those are C words, <laughs> and those feed into to five C words that we also kind of associate with PL in our instruction at Tolbert. Yes. And Mrs. Dubnowski, I think, knows all of the C words. Yes, so um, the five Cs we um, call our 21st century um, skills that we're always striving to instill in our students. And um, they're defined as collaboration, communication, critical thinking, creation, and a sense of community. So here at Tolbert, we're committed to our students and promote these 21st century skills. Um, Personalized learning has definitely given us um, a way to promote these skills in our students, and they're doing a great job. So that all sounds really great, and you could say, oh, so you're a PL school, and your students are contributors, and we're offering them some choice. But I think a lot of people are probably wondering, what does that actually look like in the classroom? And I know in a few minutes we're going to be talking to our two students here, but I'm wondering, Mrs. Oposky, as a teacher in a PL room, if you could shed a little bit more light on, you know, day to day when kids are in the room, what kind of things are they doing that, you know, separate PL from, you know, sort of traditional instruction that we used to have in elementary school? Yes, I can speak that actually since I've implemented PL in my classroom, I've definitely had increased engagement and significant increase in motivation. I think that kids are really empowered by their voice and choice in what they're learning and how they're learning it every single day. And I really think that the shift is, again, as we've discussed over many years in Loudoun County Public Schools, but the shift significantly is really over the process much more so than the product. So it's definitely process over product. And if you were to walk into a classroom, what you see is every student is learning what they need to learn. They're setting goals for themselves and they're reflecting regularly on those goals. It might be a playlist or a choice board 
It might be a must-do, can-do, but really what it is is it's about their self-paced learning. At home, you might hear your, your students talking about digital tools like Alex or IXL, Achieve, Dreambox, Raz Kids, maybe some Khan Academy, Flipgrid, Seesaw, but it's really the organizational tool that we most use is the Google for Education. Well, yeah, and for, for me, walking into the classroom, I, in the four years that I've been here, I've seen a great transformation in the learning at Tolbert. I walk into the classroom and I see all the kids doing what they're supposed to be doing, engaged with their learning, and it's not the teacher at the front of the classroom with the kids listening and learning all the same thing. They're learning what they need to learn. So the transformation, I think, PL was a transformation for a catalyst for the transformation at Tolbert. And I think that ties in with what Loudoun County Public Schools is um, is sharing with us, which is based on a framework or framework of learning. So what you'll see is you'll see in math and reading and writing, you'll see a quick mini lesson, and then students are really given a great significant amount of time in their instruction to really do what they need to do during that time, self-paced, self-chosen, rather than like you said, the traditional teacher in front of the classroom teaching for the entire block. Yeah, yeah I think a lot of people are really surprised when they go into classrooms at Tolbert because parents especially, they remember what school was like for them. And when they go into a classroom and they see the technology and they see the small groups and they see the students working independently and choosing how they're going to pursue their learning, it, it really is quite different and yes. quite neat. I so. think the model has significantly shifted. Well, we're going to take a minute here and shift our microphones around, and when we come back, we are going to have Luke from fourth grade and Alyssa from fifth grade joining us. So we will be right back. All right, we are back to finish up our discussion of personalized learning, and we are super excited that we have two students joining us, and you guys have the honor of being the first students ever on our Tolbert podcast. How does that make you feel? Awesome. Good. Good. So we have Alyssa from fifth grade, who is in Mrs. Winsheimer's class, and she actually had Mrs. Zapowski last year, so it's pretty cool that she can be on a podcast with Mrs. Zapowski. And we also have Lucas, who is currently in her class from fourth grade. So we are super excited to hear their thoughts on personalized learning. And before we start, of course, they know they were sitting here while the two teachers pulled out of the hat. We're not giving them a pass. They are no. also going to be pull. No, <laughs> they are also going to be pulling out of the hat. So do we have a volunteer for first? Oh, right. Lucas is up first. What do you got? Would you rather be locked in a room that is currently dark for a week or a room that's currently bright for a week? Bright for a week because I can just stay up all night. Oh. <laughs> so you would rather be in a room that was bright for, yeah. for all week. And what would you do if you had to stay up all night and you couldn't sleep? I, but I can sleep with um, the lights on. Uh -huh. I shouldn't be really tired. So it wouldn't even really affect you? No. So, but being in a dark room for a week would be yeah. kind of scary and you wouldn't be able to see anything. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's good. I don't know what I would pick. I would probably do the light, too. I can sleep in the light. If you had to, I think. Had to. Yeah, if you're in a foam pit, I would pick the foam pit. <laughs> would you? All right, Alyssa, you are up. Would you rather be able to see 10 minutes into your, 
your own future or 10 minutes into the future of anyone but yourself. Wow. So you can see 10 minutes into what's going to happen to you or 10 minutes into what's happened to the rest of the world, basically. 10 minutes for everyone else. For, like, in sports, I could just oh, yeah. go the opposite way if they're going to go one way. Oh, so it would help you, like, in your athletic events. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I had thought about it like Not that. Not surprising yeah. you figured out how to incorporate sports into that one. Yeah. <laughs> it might be kind of scary to know what's going to happen to you in the next 10 minutes. Yes. But I wonder if you can change things if you don't like them. Like, say you're playing basketball and you, like, twist your ankle. And you see yourself in eight minutes twisting your ankle. Could you be like, hey, coach, I need to come off the court. And then you wouldn't twist your ankle. Yeah. yeah. Or I break wonder. your arm. Oh. Hmm, or, you know or, about or, that. Yeah, you know about that, don't you, Lucas? All right. Well, I want to tell you guys a little story about what my elementary school was like. And I can remember back to, do I want to go in fourth or fifth grade? I think fourth grade. So I really liked my fourth grade teacher, and I thought she was super nice and super caring. But back then, we didn't have personalized learning. And I remember every day going in, she was a huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan. So the whole class was Steelers, which, you know, I didn't like because I'm a Packers fan. Um, But I remember every day, whether it was math, reading, history, spelling, everything we did, it was a worksheet and we sat in little rows there were five rows and there were five desks back in every row and everything we did was a worksheet and she would pass it out and she would say you have 20 minutes to finish your worksheet and then when we turn it back in and then we would have a recess and then we would have our next subject and we do the same thing over and over and over and then we would listen to her talk and we would go to lunch and specials and then we would do more worksheets and then normally we would go home so that was like what elementary school was for me and i remember it was okay for me because I liked worksheets and I liked getting work done really quickly, but I don't know if everybody liked it and I'm not sure it worked for everybody. So I'm wondering if that's what your class is like at Tolbert and if not, what do you guys do? Um, so we go on Dreambox and we do um what you wanna do. So you have like five topics, like it could be math for up to a hundred or you can do, and if you get one done, you can um, play a game and you get coins and you can buy stuff for your avatar. It's much better. You don't have to do worksheets. It's um, you can do what you want to do. Do you find it? It's like that every day, Lucas. Like, do you, are there parts of class where you do have to do things that Mrs. Oposky wants you to do, or is every part of your day like, oh, just do whatever you want? Um, you have to do what um, Mr. Fassi wants you to do sometimes, but sometimes we, you don't, and you can do what you want. So you have a little bit of choice in, yeah. in how you're doing your learning. Okay. What about you, Alyssa? How do you feel about it on this? Um, well, I guess i rather have technology just because, like, first of all, usually I use all of my erasers quick, and so I don't have any really erasers when you just hit the backspace. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we do in class is we usually do things we have to do, like on per- paper, because we have like books. But then we have, but then we get to go on technology and do like Alex or. Uh, and when we do PL, we get we get to do usually a math website, which has like a ton of things and. Uh, and it's for math, so if we're doing the decimals unit, then we would hit the decimals tab, and there's games, but then there's also uh, 
study jams, which are videos of um, of decimals, if I was on that, mm-hmm. um, and other things like that. Do you find that one of those is usually more helpful? Sometimes videos are more helpful, or sometimes games are more helpful for you to learn? I would say videos. It, 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 um, it says more things and... Gives you more information? Yeah, and shows you how to do it. That makes sense. And how do you decide if you need more practice or less practice? Is there a part where you stop and you think about what you're needing right then? Well, when we're doing uh, the book, if I think it's sort of hard, then I would go on the map website and go on to that tab and watch a video. But if if I'm sort of fine, then I'll play like a game, which is just like more practice of it right exactly yeah one of the things I notice when I go into classrooms is um, teachers are giving you guys the chance to think about how well you're doing like there are different um, tiers on the board so it says you know if you really understand this really well here's your playlist if you sort of get it here's your playlist and if you need more help you can come to my table and I can help you a little bit is that something you guys have taken advantage of yeah like we have one two three four four you could do it plus help someone three you can do it but can't help someone two you can um you don't really know it and um one you don't know it at all yeah so what luke's referring to are levels of learning so we'll often stop and think where are you and how does that decision guide my choices as yeah. a learner and do you find lucas that you're always a four or always a two or are you kind of different topics you'll be I'm in different places. I'm a three places. and a two usually. Uh-huh. Not really a four, mm-hmm. but I try to get to a four, and if I don't, I work better. Mm-hmm. That's great. It's nice that people who are fours and maybe sometimes people who are threes are able to help other people in the room, because I think that our, our teachers here would say the best way to learn something is to teach other people how to do it. So that's great for our students who maybe have already mastered something, that they can keep working on it by teaching somebody else. Mm-hmm. So. That's pretty neat. Yes, we definitely learn from our mistakes, and we talk about that often, that we want to push kids to be making mistakes so that they can learn from them. And then when you're, you've learned from your mistake, when you can convey that to another student, it really results in deeper learning. Yeah, when I uh, know how to do something and like the person next to me doesn't, I show them how to do it. And we never had opportunities to do that when I was in elementary school because it was always get your worksheet done silently, don't help anybody, don't talk. If you have any questions, raise your hand and the teacher will help you. But I never had peer buddies who were helping me or I was never able to help a peer buddy. So that's neat. And I find sometimes even if I've exhausted all of my ways of teaching something, oftentimes when a peer can do it, sometimes it makes even more sense to them because they've actually experienced the learning right before they're sharing how to do it yeah and it's nice that you have a teacher that can explain it one way but your friends might explain it in a totally different way that might help you more yeah yeah lots of ways to do the same things especially in math right yeah I know it's been a while since we've done this but one of the coolest things I think we do through PL is student-led goal conferences when your parents come in for your conferences and you guys actually lead it so I was wondering if you two participated in that and I was wondering if you could talk about what that was like for you it was kind of nervous for me because uh-huh. I had my mom with me, and she's more strict, uh-huh. and my dad. So <laughs> I was nervous, but I got it done, and she was proud of me at the end. Yeah. So what kind of things did you talk about when you led your conference? I talked about um, how we do PL, like we like choice boards and stuff, um, about my Alex score, 
and all like good grades I've got and map scores we talked yeah. about our testing that we do and goals you have for the future in the middle of the year and the end of the year yeah and how we can reach those goals by doing Alex more or something like that good it's so important yes yeah we we think of our goal and then we break it down into how can we get that goal met how can we meet that goal yeah you're exactly right such an important part and that everybody's path to get there looks a little bit different based on how you think think and feel that you learn the best and it's so nice that you guys are learning how to set goals in elementary school I don't think that's something I ever did either and eventually you're gonna be setting goals for yourself like you're gonna want maybe want to get into college or you're gonna want to get a specific job or you're gonna want to get certain grades and you're gonna have to set goals to get there so it's nice that you're doing that what was your conference like, Alyssa? Did you do uh, one too? Yeah, so it was sort of like Lucas's. Um, we went over our math scores and we talked about how in sixth grade there's like three different classes for math, mm -hmm. good math scores and things like that, then you'll be in the higher classes. Um, we also talked about our behavior and turning in homework or um, being respectful to other people and property. And that's definitely a huge part of being successful in school, in life, in learning, is that being able to reflect on your choices in behavior as well. Good point. Yeah, we didn't and really not talk only about behaviors, but also how you're doing. You brought up homework, and there's always, you know, there's a direct link between how responsible you are and how well you do in school. So yeah. it's great that you're talking about that, especially with mom or dad there. I think that's really important. And you mentioned middle school, and I'm glad you did because we're actually going to do a podcast with Harper Park later in the school year and you guys can hear a little bit about what it's like for some sixth graders who are there right now so you should listen to that one later are you okay. getting excited for middle school Alyssa uh, I don't know are you not really thinking about it yet You've got a lot of fifth grade left yeah is there anything else about your classroom whether it's Mrs. Winsheimer or Mrs. Green or Mrs. Sapowski that you guys would want to talk about anything you really enjoy doing in there I learned like you can learn with your friends but don't talk about something off topic, talk about something on topic. Mm -hmm. So if it's about reading, don't talk about football games, <laughs> talk about reading. Uh -huh. um, and it's fun, like Mr. Zapaka said, like to, um, your friends could help you another way and your teacher can help you another way. So you're, you, um, get, you can get to um, the level four. That's something that's super important, especially when you go to high school and college. I read an article I think maybe last year, that people who study in groups with their friends in college do way better on tests and assessments because you um, it helps you to learn things when you hear your friends and you're Share talking your about ideas. it instead of just sitting there with your textbook on your bed or at your dresser yeah. like flipping through and reading it because then you a lot of times you forget it really quickly. So that's great that you're that you're learning with your friends. What about you, Alyssa? Is there a part of Mrs. Winsheimer or Mrs. Green's class that you really like you want to mention? Uh, well, I just like that you can do anything you want. Um, I think that it helps kids when you don't have to do what the teacher says because it might be more advanced than you are. Um, and so with PL, you can do something else that's less advanced. Yeah. At your level. It's at your, le at your level. Exactly. That's great. Well, thanks. So it's been really cool to have you two on the podcast today. Did you think it was fun? It was really fun. Yeah. What about, would any of you want to go to traditional schooling like Mr. Zapata had? 
No. Because <laughs> if you get in trouble, the teachers will hit you with a ruler. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might have been even before when I was in school. I was ne unfortunately, I was never hit with a ruler. But I did have some pretty strict teachers who were very much like no talking and... Um, do your work. Disciplinarians and do your work. And if um, and if you talk during your worksheets, they called your parents immediately. So, but luckily they never hit me with a ruler. That would have been pretty. I think I would be traumatized. We definitely do a lot of talking. Yeah. Not quiet ever, but <laughs> no. we do get a lot of work done and definitely do a lot of learning. Yeah, I like how you can do projects with your friends and you don't have to be independent mm -hmm. and stuff. That's great. That's definitely one of the five C's is collaborating with other people, and I'm glad you're all learning those skills so early. What about you, Alyssa? Did you have fun on the podcast today? Yes, I did. Yeah, would you fun. do it again when yes. you got the chance? Okay, cool. So you'll have to recommend some friends who might want to be on a podcast too, and maybe they can be on some of our future episodes. So it's been really cool having you guys on the podcast today. Thank you for joining us. I know you had to take some time out of class today, and so make sure you thank your teachers for letting you come down, okay? Okay. Thanks, guys. You want to say hi to mom or dad while you're on here? Hey, mom. Hey, dad. <laughs> hi. <laughs> we'll make sure the podcast is published and you guys will be the first ones to know when, okay? Okay. Right. So thanks again. Thank you. All right, the kiddos are back in class, and we are back for one more quick segment. We're still here with Mrs. Opowski and Mrs. Dubnowski, and we wanted to talk really briefly about our professional development that we have for staff around personalized learning, because it is a big, big shift, not only for the kids in the classroom, but also for the teachers in their classrooms who are really taking some risks and doing things that they haven't done before. And I think all of us have probably worked in a school before where professional development isn't necessarily teacher friendly. And I think a lot of times criticism of school administrations or you know teachers who lead professional development is that we're expecting different things in the classroom than we are for ourselves. Um, and if the administration of a school is going to expect teachers to change and utilize personalized learning in the classroom, that administrators should also take that risk and um, give teachers the chance to have personalized professional development. And I think we really took that to heart this year with our personalized learning committee. And Mrs. Opowski and Mrs. Dubnowski sat down over the summer and really talked about um, some great uh, approaches to personalized learning for our teachers this year. And we wanted to give them a little bit of opportunity to talk about that. So I guess I'll open it up to you guys and kind of what was your vision for this? <clears throat> and what have we done this year? And how well, do you think it's gone? And I call it our professional development framework that we have, the Personalized Learning Professional Development Framework at Tolbert. And it actually was born from um, an idea. We were um, lucky to take this journey with ed education elements. Um, they have been with us since the beginning of our PL journey, guiding us through and um, giving us feedback and they were at the end of the year last year we were able to have a reflection with all the PL schools and um, we were able to pick our basically given playlists of where we can go and listen to everyone's um, successes for the year so I had attended Belmont Ridge Middle School's um, session and they were talking about a personalized PD framework so that sparked the idea for us. I came back to our 
personalized learning team at Tobert and explained it and it was a great idea. We wanted to practice what we preach, so giving the students PL, we wanted to provide PL for our teachers as well. So that's where it was born. So then we started by coming up and deciding on our two platforms. So even differentiated in the choices that the teachers have of how they choose to access um, materials <coughs> or opportunities. And so we developed a Google site for our um, PPD. And then um, we also have Google Classroom. So the, each staff member could pick how they want to access their um, opportunities for growth. So then we went through a process of self-selecting our cohort. So we looked at um, a um, learning scale of where we are in our classrooms every day. And um, then they self-selected where they thought they were in their personalized learning just like the students are doing in the classroom. Exactly, yep. exact mirror image. And then we work to develop some playlists and then the teachers are working throughout the school year to complete activities, experiences um, through their, um, that are on their playlist and they keep track of their points through that playlist. So, so for teachers, the basis of this is just ongoing learning. Um, as teachers, just like our students, we need to learn and better our practices. Mrs. Opaski and I sat down and thought about what are the most effective ways teachers learn. And we it definitely was not the staff meeting every month where we were all given the same lesson. That was not effective. We are all at different levels, and so like Mrs. Opaski, she had the idea of giving the 4321 for teachers and letting them pick that. And then we came up with a list of things that we thought were effective for teachers to learn, like the learning walks. Yeah, and really that stemmed from us knowing how valuable it is to be in someone else's classroom and reflect and see even what you do every day, but see how things could be done differently, maybe um, grow in, in, in one aspect. And we really felt like that personal reflection, being able to go into a classroom, being able to see someone else doing it, reflect and bring any one piece of it back to your own classroom to better your um, PL experience, your practice, um, was, was hugely valuable. So we really emphasized that those learning locks were a huge, huge opportunity and we encouraged everyone to take that opportunity as often as they could to gain some points for their um, playlist. And truth be told, we spotted Mrs. Opowski in another teacher's classroom yesterday participating in a learning walk. So was that a valuable experience for you? Oh my gosh, yeah. I, I think, you know, if you were to if you were to look in my class five years ago or ten years ago, I was I was the teacher in charge. I was so confident with um, my curriculum and that I my kids were mastering and I and I had great test scores and my kids were very successful and I would say now if anything I'm not as confident a teacher as I used to be because I'm always looking for ways to better my practice and better the experience and grow and with technology constantly changing there's always something new and different 
And I really want to have, I want to be excited because that excitement about whatever it is that I'm doing is shared with my kids. So sometimes it's not so much that I'm doing something all that different, but their experience is different somehow, a different way to do things, or maybe sometimes we do something backwards or a different method of teaching division that I'd never tried before. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes it works for two kids and sometimes it it works for all of them. And and it's just amazing. I would say I'm not as confident because I'm always taking risks and I'm always trying new things but being in another classroom in Mrs. Grant's room just observing her teaching writing I was able to pick up on things that immediately as soon as I do that next lesson in my class I'm mirroring it and trying it and and emulating and growing and seeing my kids experience with something different rather than the same old thing every single day and that's way more valuable than an all-staff meeting any day of the week for me definitely yeah and other opportunities we have on our playlist are book clubs um there's so many teachers and um, staff members who are in other committees in the county reading books with with their committees and bringing it back to Tolbert. And we wanted to give our staff opportunities to read these professional development books and talk and grow as a group. So we offer four book clubs um, this year, and they're based on um, professional development books that some staff members have read and highly recommend. So that's what where we've gone. We've had two book clubs. Our next one is coming up next week and they've been really successful. And shout out to second grade who was loving the experience so much that they ended up choosing their own additional book that they wanted to read that they felt like as a team would help them grow. So they took this idea and then personalized it even more, which is awesome. That's yes. great, I had not heard that. Oh, you didn't know about yeah. yes. Do you know what book they're reading? Is that a curiosity? Oh, I don't, I don't remember. Go, we'll have, go we'll have to get that yeah. info. Yes. We'll get that from you, really for you. Um, so another opportunity we have for learning on our playlist are our quarterly focus meetings. And because some of us have gotten um, formal trainings through Ed Elements on the core four, which are flexible content and tools, targeted instruction, student reflection and ownership and data-driven decisions. We felt like having those core four, um, really learning them is really understanding what PL is at Tolbert. So we have a quarterly focus on one of the core four every quarter and we meet about it and talk about it. Some of us who are more experienced with personalized learning say and show how they do it and it looks like in their classroom and then people who are not comfortable or just learning about it can ask experts or they can brainstorm with their teams about how they can show that certain aspect of PL in their classroom so it's a great learning opportunity so we have um, that quarterly meeting a quarterly focus meeting every quarter and another opportunity on our playlist that's been a very valuable are the Mindset Mondays. One Monday a month is set for a one-hour PD. And I thought I would have to conduct this PD every month, no. but we opened it up to the staff, and it's become a platform where teachers, when they feel that something or a tool is working really well in their classroom, they're able to share it and teach the other staff at a Mindset Monday. I did, I did the first Mindset Monday on, I can't even remember what it was on. It was in back in September. 
It was on breakout, digital breakout boxes. Yes, yeah. it was. Yeah, it, it was, really cool. it was yeah. digital breakout and boxes. We've done them on Flipgrid. We've done them on um, HyperDocs. Mm-hmm. Seesaw. Seesaw. Yeah. And I just think it's amazing that we surround ourselves with such amazing educators that rather than being able to feel like it's the burden is on us, we're able to hear directly from the people who have implemented and love what they're doing and share what works, what doesn't work. I think it's so valuable. I think it ties right in with the learning locks that we can learn so much from each other. Yes, and it it empowers the teachers to become leaders in the building when they're able to share something that is so valuable to them and share it with the other teachers. It's very empowering. So we do want to give one extra shout out to Education Elements. They are the consultancy group that's been working with a lot of schools in LCPS to bring personalized learning to our classrooms. And they have done, in my opinion, a really great job at really ongoing support for Tolbert and all the other schools involved. And you had mentioned a little earlier, that's where the idea for the staff PLPD came from. But they've been with us um, the whole way. And the (laughs) workshops that we go to with them are always really helpful about you know, kind of crystallizing where we're going and reflecting on where we've been. And, and just having and that ongoing check-in is really what you need during a busy school year to, yeah. to make sure it's It is usually hard to leave as a teacher to leave your classroom for a day. We do have to get coverage. We have to plan. We have to – but everybody who gets an invite to go and be with Ed Elements is always super excited. And every time we leave, we always feel like our cup is so full mm-hmm. of so many great resources and ideas and, and really great, great motivation to go and try and do new things. Yeah. And I would just give one big shout out to both, well, number one, the the Personalized Learning Committee. Um, You guys have put in a lot of work this year, um, especially the upper grade teachers who have been involved in mentoring some of our lower grade teachers who started PL a little bit later. Um, We are tremendously thankful for all of your hard work and how well it's gone this year. And also to all of the teachers on our staff who are embracing change, doing something that might not make them the most comfortable. And you know, in participating in our personalized learning PD this year. And, you know, just like, I mean, if I can speak for the PL team, we know that our staff PD isn't going to be perfect the first year. And we're really looking forward to getting some feedback on how it worked for this year and how we can change it for next year and, you know, how we can alter it to make it even more meaningful for them. Yes. So we definitely are open to reflection and hearing about how you feel and better every day. That's our mantra. Definitely. And I guess that's a good place to end it. Better every day. Better every day. Better every day. Thank you two for being on our podcast. It was great to chat with you today. Well, thank you. It's always fun. Yes, thanks for having us. again for joining us on our second episode of Get Tolbert Talking. We hope you learned a little something about our personalized learning initiative and our ongoing journey to develop knowledgeable critical thinkers, communicators, collaborators, creators, and contributors at Tolbert. Thanks again. Hope you're well and hope to see you soon.